0: Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when we take over Twitter and run it into the freaking ground. I'm your host,
1: Elon Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Musk. On this show, we take <laughs> questions from listeners, <laughs> attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success. Maybe, you know, maybe even Elon Twitter levels of success, which would be very bad, oh. and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way as we just did.
0: And I surely hope that our advice is, uh, shall we say, more successful than uh, that of Elon Musk to onto Twitter. Uh, it's a low bar, I know, but yeah, hopefully, you know, it doesn't take much for us to outdo that, but I like to take pride. In the fact that we haven't sunken $44 billion into this podcast and then ruined it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we were discussing this sometime recently, this podcast, I'm not sure if it even turns a profit uh, with no, the with the StreamYard fees. Yeah, with all yeah. the the, the StreamYard fees and, and whatever else and the equipment that we've bought for this, uh, it doesn't yeah. turn a profit. But you know what? I'm still feeling pretty good because we didn't spend $44 billion on this. And we're not getting relentlessly trolled by everyone, just a couple people. <laughs>
0: ah, just a good just a good most. Yeah. Now I yeah. do wonder, speaking of uh the podcast, I I think I think if I were to add it all up, the general ROI has not been great. Mm-hmm. I believe we spend about four hundred and sixty dollars a year uh on our streaming platform i believe it's another 150 on our distribution platform mm. and then i think it was what 500 a piece for the mics couple hundred more for the zoom recorder that you use my preamp my boom arm so we're in we're in this podcast uh maybe two grand
1: not, not bad jacket.
0: Don't forget about these jackets. Oh, the jackets! Too. That's thirty bucks a piece.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That's a big expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say. I mean, let me give us a random example here. Uh, on a typical week, the podcast generates. Oh. I see. Yeah. Would you like to take a? Would you like to take a guess at what our our revenue for a typical episode and i'll even give you a high watermark i'll give you a uh uh post iphone launch high view episode as well so you, i'll give you two two chances okay to get this what do you think we make per so week? this
1: is adsense revenue for one episode <laughs> of the podcast
0: yes that is correct for a monetized episode of the podcast
1: mm, couple bucks maybe i don't know give me a number here buddy does it, okay. Does it count live streams? Do they are those monetized? I guess they see an ad before the stream starts. Probably. Yes, that is correct. All right. There
0: is monetization when people join the stream. Sometimes they'll be served with an ad.
1: All right. Well, then I'll say uh, I don't know. Ten bucks. Uh, three dollars.
0: Three. Three buckaroos.
1: That's the average per episode.
0: Uh, yeah that one's three three dollars and ten cents here oh that one oh is three dollars and ten cents as well hmm. that one oh dear that's a that's a low one 81 cents on oh one. oh man yeah our last episode uh before the live one the the November apples event episode we talked about October 23rd oh wow
1: five dollars. Oh all right, all right.
0: Okay. I like get a five
1: dollar foot long right there. Right,
0: we could get a whole entire five dollar foot long but before tax oh six dollars from this one. Oh that's, oh that's oh that's because uh, someone We're super set. chatted us. Oh. Yeah. Every once in a while there will be one uh that that does make a number of dollars. Like twenty interesting. Well, you know what? We're not think... in
1: this for the money. We're not in this for the exactly. money. Well,
0: we're if we the... were, we'd
1: be very bad at it. And that's why we're not in it. We definitely didn't, you know, make this podcast to make money. And now we've, you know, failed at that and we're pivoting. Yes. No, we it... were never in it for the money. We were never in it
0: for the money. But if that had been a side ambition, we would have failed at that. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's regrettable, uh, I think I think one thing that a lot of people actually don't realize is how expensive it is to run, not just a podcast. Our podcast is fairly cheap, but a tech channel. Oh, I uh, I have added up my expenses as one would hope I would do, uh-huh. and I don't like doing that. It's uh, it's a lot. I don't I don't really uh, I didn't really expect it. Actually, here I'll put it up to uh, I'll put it up to you, and I'll put it up to the chat. How much do you guys think it cost me? And we'll say twenty twenty one, most recent year. How much do you think it costs to run the Luke Miani YouTube channel? And for context, while well, you think of an answer, that includes uh, gear purchases, subscriptions like Photoshop, uh, my my music library. Uh, final cut plugins that have to get purchased periodically obviously I need a lot of max yeah. and I don't return I don't return stuff very much because I have to have I always am pulling stuff out to compare so those accumulate uh rent I have rent portions of my rent that are work expenses that are deducted on taxes so like add all of that up what do you think
1: Oh, that's got to be a lot. I mean, even, like, the Mac Studios thing where you got, what, three Mac <laughs> Studios? Like, that right there is a okay, big chunk. Okay, to be fair about the Mac
0: Studios, two of those I did resell. I don't return okay. things very much, okay. but I will resell them. One of my Mac Studios, John Prosser uses. I that, He's the
1: one that bought it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean all the Apple products, the rent, all the software, the streaming. I mean, we just heard, I don't know if I even realized how expensive this podcast was. Like I knew oh, they really? we weren't making money on it, but I don't know if I realized yeah. like with between like streaming platform and the the distribution platform like I don't know. I don't I didn't really think about that. Um Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those like you know um, Google like they make most of their money from ads, and then that subsidizes all of the other parts. You know, this podcast is subsidized by the Luke Miani uh, channel. That is exactly correct. This yes. is this is a loss leader for us.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very Sam proud says three dollars. Um, so that that's a good guess. Are we doing over
1: under here? Because okay we can do over under the, I'll go through I'll go
0: through some of the guesses we had 20 yeah. grand 54 20 to 30 uh 50 schmeckles a mm. trillion
1: dollars 40 and 60 30 I don't know I, I like cetera. these numbers it's definitely got to be in the thousands obviously it's in the thousands it's got to be at least Yeah, well it's in the thousands for the podcast so it's got to be at least. I'm. Mean, what are people saying? Thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with uh with forty thousand, and then let's go from there. So it depends on where you
0: draw the lines, but I would ballpark it around sixty. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> between that and taxes youtube is not a inexpensive business there goes a wall
1: panel our first that the night, was the quietest wall panel it was falling. really quiet i barely what? even heard it myself that was the quietest it just very gracefully fell and it's just face down on the ground uh, that was very nice we love to see it
0: that is that is quite surprising Actually, wait a minute. I think I might I think I might have been low on that 60. I forgot oh, about the uh we did rent the office for 9 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that I I th- I think I might have deducted. I think I had like 43,000 in deductions before I factored in my home office at my new space. So that's probably brings it up to 50 and then there's I don't deduct all the max because if i don't keep them for more than a year they're not technically deductible or you know mm. i don't want to risk it so that probably adds another 15 at least yeah yeah it's, it might be it might be somewhere between 60 and 70 In all in all honesty
1: oh god that is not cheap and i definitely do i do feel like people probably underestimate you're like oh it's just one guy he's like making some youtube videos in his apartment like whatever but like, no, there's there's so much that, that goes on with this. It's crazy. Uh but
0: fortunately, Zachariah David coming in here hot with the two dollars. There we well, I'll get one after YouTube <laughs> decides that they've earned the other one. Um but you know what? That's something. Appreciate it, Mr. David. What a you know, that's the thing. I feel like um having having now met a lot of YouTubers. I think there's a lot of resentment for people that do sponsorship deals. And sponsorship deals, by the way, can pay a lot. A lot. But sometimes that's necessary because the expense, you know, and and uh, larger YouTubers have like freaking red cameras, REs. they have like employees do you know how i expect- I can't even imagine having yeah. a full-time employee. Like, bro.
1: It's nuts. Yeah, that's, like, scary. When there's other people relying on you for, like, income, job stability, like, all that. That's... Yeah. Like, that's a whole other level. Because, I mean, if I look at my month-to-month
0: uh, revenue, it... Let me see if I can... See that broken down. Uh, it's not very helpful. There's a there's a view in here somewhere that shows me like a comparison, in like a nice bar graph. Hmm. But it, it can it can go up and down by about seventy percent month to month, wow. depending on what's going on, depending on your views. Uh, one phenomenon that's always fun is uh, sometimes. You'll have, like, a summer month where views are low. And the problem is, like, this happened to me in August, right? Obviously, not a lot going on in August. Views get low. All of a sudden, sponsors who look at your average view duration, they just see however many views you've gotten and divide it by your videos, and there you go. And and they say, all right, well, that's your average view. We're going to pay you based on that. But you... As the YouTuber, know that there's an Apple event in September and that your views are going to be much higher than that. But it's actually surprisingly hard to get people to pay for views that you're predicting but can't demonstrate. And so the result of that was, um, ironically, actually, some of my iPhone content that did surprisingly well was some of my lower paid sponsorship deals just because they you know they operate based on your previous views not your
1: expected views yeah that definitely sounds like a challenge it's definitely like i don't know it's a whole thing like when you're on your own and you're like figuring this stuff out like you're you know you're negotiating or you're you're talking to these sponsor people you're trying to get a good deal for you it can be kind of hard to know it can be kind of hard to even like talk to them uh, to 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 like to um, you know negotiate with them because they have you know a lot of power here. If you if you need yeah. to take the money to keep your channel going, like yeah, it's it's tough.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's an interesting position. I definitely won't complain though. I I make much more money doing this than if I had continued on the career that my college major would have set me up for, yeah. which is why I'm doing it obviously so i can't complain i i can however complain about your heinous wall panels now
1: you did mention that two of them have been freshened up yes i did and i believe i did this right that the two that are behind me are the ones that are with the fresh tape which is a strategic move because i don't want to get hit uh, hit by the wall panels, so I'm hoping that the two that are behind me sh- they should stay up for the whole episode. Uh, beyond that, I That's cannot make claim. any guarantees. But I think I think usually this tape will last like like two or three episodes full, and then it'll start falling off. That's usually what happens.
0: Wow. Okay. That's we're starting to get analytical with it. We've been doing this podcast for long enough. We can't afford to actually build a set, but we can
1: analyze wall panel behaviors. That's good to know. Yeah, I think there was like the theory, one time we had the theory that uh, it was trying to communicate, you know, like the Mm. interstellar style, like books falling off the bookshelf kind of thing. And so we're still looking into that. We're not sure about that. We're still looking into it, but there's definitely something, you know, there's there's definitely some fourth dimension. Noah is sending you a message. I think it's definitely you know we're talking about all this you know we're speculating on things that haven't happened yet uh or we're you know yeah. we're talking about things that have happened that we may not remember correctly perhaps you know fourth dimensional noah is just trying to you know mm-hmm. help us out a little bit maybe 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 not maybe not you know who is helping us out
0: here is noah johnson we got that uh two dollars for high senpai daddy luke i hate that i felt obligated to read that i'd much prefer to read this one from MacFan pr well here is mine now so there we go we're keeping the lights on everything should be all good i just have to make sure uh that my electricity bill clears because of course you know you don't want to be oh no uh we didn't raise enough money
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing your internet's still working somehow and your lights behind you. There's nice blue and purple and uh, pink lights. Oh, those are um, those are the oh yay yeah, yeah. my check oh. clear yeah no those are on an emergency generator.
0: I actually have uh, pedals under my desk, oh, and so you. I'm just sort of sort of generating the electricity for those. Those are not actually plugged into outlets. Those are just on my little pedals down that's, here. That's yeah. That's impressive. Oh my goodness! I want to talk. I want to, I want to change gears completely, totally different. Every out the window, totally change a topic. All right. No transition. Okay. That wasn't a transition. I don't know. No, it wasn't. this has not been transist. So I don't know if you saw it, Noah, my video yesterday, I talked about the mixed reality headset. I feel like we haven't really given this enough time on the channel on the podcast i don't know that we've talked about it before but with the metaverse uh i was gonna say existing i think is probably the most that i could say for it uh Uh, what do we actually
1: think apple can come up with i think i saw was this your tweet or someone else's that was like The VR was the iPod and the mixed reality is going to be the iPhone. Was that you? Yeah. Yeah, I like that analogy. I didn't think of it until after the video went
0: live. So I was like, damn, I couldn't I can't put that in now. But I think that the mixed reality headset is the iPod to the glasses iPhone. Do you agree? Do you think that's an apt
1: analysis? i think i mean obviously you know we don't know what exactly apple is going to launch here but for me you know i definitely i think it's a really good analogy because like the ipod was i say was i guess it is dead right or is the ipod touch still around i mean they haven't updated it i'm gonna say was the ipod was i know it was killed off i think a year ago they did finally get rid of it all right Okay, so the iPod yeah. was a dedicated music player for the most part. Obviously, you know, it got video support, had the, the, uh, the little breakout game and a couple other things, whatever. But it was first and foremost a music player, and it was really, really good at that. And that's what everyone loved it for. And then the iPhone came, and there's, you know, the famous, uh, what was it, like a like a, a, a music player? Uh, or it was an iPod, a video device, and an internet communicator or something like that. Remember that 3D? Yeah. Those three things, that was the famous thing. So it was something so much more. Yeah, it was something like that. But it was so much more than just the one. So I definitely agree, like VR, at least for me, I feel like the the applications and the uses of it are somewhat, like, limited – Whereas with the mixed reality, especially if you can still do VR-like things but also do mixed reality or AR kind of things with it, so much more powerful. And so I really like that analogy because you're going from this, like, you know, thing that's really good at doing one thing and it's a little bit more basic to this thing that does so many other things and becomes, like, a more integral part of your life. And that seems like, you know, how that would track for me, VR to, to mixed reality. So I like it. I agree. And and I, I think Apple is
0: going I, okay. I have been thinking about doing a whole video about the metaverse because I think it is the biggest blunder that the world of tech has ever seen next to Elon buying Twitter. Wow. It's bold. Like, if you if you look at I think we're entering a new era here. Okay? You look at the rise of social media or even the rise of big tech starting with apple microsoft then you add google to the mix add stuff like paypal ebay twitter snapchat youtube netflix you got this proliferation it sort of accelerated once you got into the internet age throughout the 2000s but you look at the 2010s and what you saw was with a few exceptions like maybe I would count vine and more recently tiktok things have been mostly the same the platforms are in their maturing stage not their rapid growth stage and what's happening now is we are we are getting to a point where tech big tech is mature and now it becomes Uh, A point where instead of being the disruptor, they are now the disrupted. Big tech was displacing legacy business for a very long time. But now, big tech is the legacy business. And it's essentially a matter of, will it survive? And when you look at certain companies, uh, questionable decisions are potentially going to determine that. I think Facebook is at that point. I think Twitter is at that point, absolutely. And I could even see a lot of streaming platforms get to that point, Netflix being the first to be on shaky footing right now. What do you think of this
1: very general analysis? I think that's definitely a good point. And I think, you know, if you look at companies like Apple and Microsoft, for example, they're very well, they're very diversified and relative to these other companies, they're playing it more safe. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but like, you know, Apple has their product lines that are great. And I'm not saying that they're not innovating and they're not doing new things, but they have these product lines, you know, they know they're good. They're building computers, they're building smartwatches, whatever. And obviously, you know, this, this mixed reality is going to be kind of a thing that shakes it up a little bit, but Apple's so big and they have so much going on that it's, you know, not as big of a risk for them or you look at microsoft you know they have all of their hardware stuff they have windows they have xbox whatever they have a ton of stuff going on but if you look at like you know facebook or meta for example right they're betting so much on this vr they're betting like everything or at least zuck is betting like everything on this metaverse vr kind of stuff that's like that is that is like risky it's it's definitely not safe although i guess like facebook you know the younger people aren't really using it anymore so that was kind of dying and they had to do something and they bought instagram and instagram is good and i guess instagram will be safe um but you know they're uh, dumping a lot of money into this vr i
0: think i think facebook might take instagram down it's i think instagram is getting to a point of frustration such that people are abandoning it i mean obviously they are putting a ton of money into doing reels and stuff but the thing that made instagram popular was it is your your photo social media site like when you look at when you look at uh a lot of the legacy social media sites i think there's a difference in how they mature versus your apple your amazon your microsoft those are Predominantly hardware based, with the exception of Amazon, but they have a pretty diversified, you know, they have cloud services, they have video streaming, they have physical products. They have a lot going on such that I don't think they're, they don't have all their eggs in one basket. Same with right. Microsoft, same with Apple. There's a lot going on in all of those businesses. But the problem with social media, I would equate, these social media companies that are purely digital. Purely one single platform. As running a gaming YouTube channel. That blows up off a trending game. You are reliant on a trend. That is almost by definition temporary. And the problem is. When you have to keep converting that trend. Some some people that blow up doing A channel on a specific niche are able to widen and pivot others they just kind of go down with the ship look at snapchat snapchat was the personal video and photos that disappear Instagram was photos and keep in touch with your friends Facebook was more broadly (laughs) that was loud Facebook was more broadly keep in touch with your vet friends. Vine was short form and clips. Reddit was memes and almost blog posts. YouTube was long form. Like they had these distinct uh, specialties. But when you look at what's happening now, I see this like convergence. You know, every uh, TikTok is like, hey, guess what? You can do 10 minute videos now. And I'm like, what? That, that's like antithetical to the purpose of this. And then YouTube is like, "Hey, you can do short vertical videos now." And then Instagram is like, "Hey, you guess what? Videos also do those." And Snapchat is like, "Uh, oh, we're going to we're going to like pay people a bunch of money to post public stories." Just like all the others. Like everything is kind of converging. And it's a survival of the fittest.
1: That's yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's definitely Instagram is, you know, a, a good example of that because they stole stories from Snapchat and then they stole, yep. uh, you know, reels from TikTok, basically. And yeah. then they kind of redesigned the app to <sighs> prioritize that other like video reels uh, content rather than, you know, the pictures that you'd share with your friends. So I think that's a very good example of uh, of all of this stuff uh, that's going on. But I, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, we're, de- we're definitely going to talk about Twitter, which kind of... Yeah, you know, we'll get got, to that later. Got, it kind of got struck by by a meteor in the sense that, like, something <laughs> very big and, like, uh-huh. very, like... Very big happened yes very big and very transformative happened to it whereas if you look at something like instagram it's just slowly it's like you know feature creep is is the you know the yes the, the industry term it's just slowly gotten to this big bloated thing where they're trying to trace chase, uh, chase all the trends and keep people engaged as long as possible and so maybe if it dies it's a slow you know a slower death but um but yeah i don't know i don't know Here's a great comment
0: from Nicholas. What it all boils down to is, are you building a platform or are you building a feature? That's a very good point. Yeah. Because a lot of these platforms, and I would make this argument of the metaverse, if we try to loop it back in here, are not really, they're they're not building something that integrates that much into your life. I I get the sense with the metaverse that I think the problem ultimately is that it's not a natural step. When you look at a lot of technological advancements, even social media ones, they're sort of answers to questions that you didn't realize you were asking. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's something that you, that you knew that you needed, but you couldn't articulate. YouTube was like, hey, what if we shared our home videos? You know, we all, in, in 2005, we're on this like tail end of going from VHS to digital. And they were like, well, if we have the internet and we have digital videos, why not share them with each other? Makes sense. That's, a, that's an answer to a question. The iPhone is like, a. well, we're carrying around these music players. We're carrying around these cameras. We're carrying around cell phones. Why are these different things? And I don't think that that is true of the metaverse. The metaverse is like, hey, what if we,
1: but on your face? Yeah. Okay, here's, here's what I'll say about about the metaverse. I watched this documentary called, uh, we met in, Oh my God, what is it called? We met in VR. I think we met in virtual Mm. reality. It's a documentary on, uh, on HBO max. And, uh, it was, it was really interesting. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people when I say a lot. Okay. The, the people that use the metaverse or they use, I mean, obviously this, this, uh, documentary was in VR chat, which is some Mm. like third party, Uh, Thing It's not the one that Facebook uh, is building. But, you know, these metaverses or these kinds of things definitely appeal to some people. And for a lot of the people that they that were like in this documentary, it was people who uh, had, you know, social anxiety or some other sort of things that it was hard for them to interact, uh, you know, in person. Or maybe they had, um, you know, physical disabilities or other things that impacted them. Uh, but that they could go into this virtual world and you know meet other people and some of them even had you know relationships uh, which eventually they met in 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 person and you know all that mm-hmm. all this stuff and I think that you know there there is an audience and there are people that 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 it appeals to, but it's I don't think mm. that it's like the iPhone or YouTube in the sense that it's like broadly appealing to everyone. I think it's appealing yeah. to a subset of people, but to say, that like this is the future for everyone. I don't think that that's true. I think that's a fair analysis. Uh,
0: it 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 goes back to this comment by Nicholas here. Are you building a platform or are you building a feature? VR chat. That's a great feature. There are plenty of games that appeal to people that are interested in their features, but you don't spend all. You don't integrate a game into your very being the way that we have smartphones or the internet broadly, or even a platform like YouTube or TikTok. Those are platforms that tend to be less, I I, want to say they're more subtle. I think the problem with the metaverse is that it's such an ordeal it's like, hey, uh, here I go, I'm going to put this big thing on my face, and I'm going to hold these controllers, and I'm going to do a bunch of stuff in here. And the other problem is, like, what question is it answering? Like, I, I, I keep seeing one use case that Meta is obsessed with, which is like, oh, you can have a virtual remote meeting where you're all around a table. Why? Why? That nobody nobody was asking for that. People have been perfectly content doing conference calls, doing Zoom calls, or going on an airplane. I really don't see why you would need this like half baked like an emoji looking character. Like, could you really imagine the CEO of ExxonMobil? talking about like a catastrophic oil spill as a glorified memoji come on that is a fucking joke
1: like no yeah i don't get like i don't know if they're like oh it makes it feel more immersive and more personal but it's like you're not looking at the people you're looking at like avatars of the people it's like i i I don't buy that i really don't buy that
0: yeah no and, and and it's still like I I just keep they keep angling it for work, but it's absurd that anyone would ever use it for that. Like they they always show off these things. They're like, oh, guess what? We added legs that look ridiculous. So yeah yeah you add you added legs to the metaverse, and now all of a sudden C suite executives are like, you know what? This is the future. We are going to be hosting all of our meetings. Uh, in this cartoon pantomime of reality where everyone is sort of like this jittery, buggy cartoon (laughs) mess. And everyone is just going to be distracted for the first 30 minutes of every single meeting with like, oh, my character's not working. Or, oh, this is freaking bizarre and unnatural. Like, you're, you're talking about marketing a cartoon virtual reality game To professional business people in their 40s and 50s. No, that's not going to work.
1: If you think about the Zoom meetings, like, oh, you're muted. Or like, oh, sorry, my camera's not working. Imagine that in in this VR world. Imagine what that would look like. Uh, That would just be a complete mess.
0: It just, it does not make any sense. And that is why... I mean, beyond that, just the, the hardware limitations, I think, rule it out. You will never see someone walking around with a VR headset. You will never see someone that will put on their VR headset in the morning and take it off at night. There is no person that does that. And by definition, it can't really be the future. If you're not bringing it with you or wearing it constantly,
1: that is not a platform. That is a feature. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, because you, you said that point before that like all of these big, uh, these big things, these big uh, steps forward and these things that, that we rely on all the time, that they're more subtle and they're more, uh, you know, involved in our everyday lives. Whereas this, you know, I'm sure there are some people who are very, you know, very much into into VR, but it's not going to be, you know, a, a thing that you're like, you know, that's like you said, you're not going to be doing it all the time. And when you are doing it, it's so completely consuming. It blocks out all of your senses Right? you put this thing, big thing over your eyes and you have you're listening to it. So you can't hear anything. It's like and you're sitting down. You, you really can't move. I mean, beyond like your little, you know, fenced area where you're like. You know, walking around. You can't like move around with it very much. So it's like, yeah, it's very much not subtle. It's very much not integrated into your life. It's like, oh, I'm going to pause my life so that I can go, you know, into my VR headset. And for some people, again, like I said, for some people, that might be great. They might love it. I read some Twitter thread about some guy who says he works in VR every day and he wears his headset for like eight hours a day and he like works on his virtual. Uh, screens in his VR. That's surprising. And there is some... Maybe there are some people like that, and I'm not going to judge them, and that's fine. But the majority of people, and that's what you need for something to be at the level of, like, the iPhone or YouTube, the majority of people aren't going to be using this like that. It'll just be like a fun toy or, like, a game console or something. It's not going to be the next yep. thing. And you'll notice, I think the
0: very important thing is the one feature that we have not sort of shit on, if we're being honest, is, as you mentioned, using it for monitors. That's mixed reality. The only, the only single application outside of playing games, which VR can be very fun for, that that it, it actually has broad appeal, is that mixed reality application. And it, you don't have to Th- this information is readily available. The metaverse is, I would argue, already an unmitigated failure. Uh, there was a report back in October that said that they had almost no daily active users in Decentraland, which is one of the big like, like community forum type of things. Uh-huh. And, and now keep in mind, Meta has spent, like over a billion dollars developing this and they responded to that claim and they said no 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 we have 8000 daily users you're telling me that you spent 1.2 billion dollars and you have 8000 daily users whereas gta 5 a game from 10 years ago which cost 300 million dollars to develop that has a hundred thousand daily active users a 10 year old game is doing better than your 1.2 billion dollar metaverse
1: that is shockingly bad yeah, that is <laughs> – that's such a bad – defense. like, oh, no one's using it. No, 8,000 people are using it. That's, like, almost worse right? than, like, not saying anything. It is. Yeah, like, that's – dude,
0: to be bragging about having 8,000 people on your billion-dollar platform, that is just heinous. It's heinous. And I, I honestly – I'm surprised that Facebook – Sorry, Meta, Zuck, was foolish enough to think that this is the future. Because the answer, as we've discussed, is obviously mixed reality. If you want to talk about something that will save the biggest, richest company, and Mark Zuckerberg, who until the metaverse was a thing, was one of the richest people in the world, he's no longer in the top 10 because of this failure... Uh, And they they couldn't have foreseen that? They couldn't have foreseen that depending 100% on tracking everyone's data for their entire source of revenue and, and just depending on that and saying, Well, it's a good thing that no one will ever introduce a feature that enables you to block that capability, our entire business model.
1: It's unbelievable stupidity yeah i don't even I, I i don't know how it this happened like it's so like we look at that we look at all the twitter stuff we're going to talk about twitter like all the stuff that's going on and like you look at it and you're like who made this decision how was this decision made it's like crazy and then like part of me is like oh these are like you know big powerful people with tons of money doing it they must know something that that we don't and then part of me is like no they're just you know full of they're full of hubris and they they don't know what they're talking about and they think they know better and they really don't i i don't know it just it's just crazy here's here's what i unironically believe i think
0: that tech companies that are started by a single person are the ones that can be the most shaky if it's like a single person or a group of people with a good idea There's always a rocky road, even Apple, you know, go back, go back to the eighties and nineties. Oh boy. Steve jobs may have been a visionary, but he was not a very good businessman for the first decade or so got fired. Then Apple hired other people to try to save the ship. They were way too financial. They almost sunk it, trying to bail it out. And you know, I think there's an element of luck Whenever you get something like uh, a lot of these cryptos that come and go, social media like Facebook, where it's like it's, it's Mark Zuckerberg. When there's a person synonymous with a company, that's, I think, a scary thing, because let's be perfectly honest. There is always, always a degree of luck involved in these types of things like. You cannot just like randomly generate completely independent of all external factors, a successful business. Luck is a necessity in human life. And the problem is we as a species conflate luck with skill. There was an experiment that was done um, in Monopoly where they, they gave one set of people an explicit advantage they could move around the board twice as fast and every time they passed start they got two hundred dollars instead of one hundred dollars completely external factor and an undeniable advantage they won almost every single time and almost every single time when asked you know did you earn your victory they said yes
1: That's it's interesting right because like you say did you earn your victory you know it's like did you play the game did you play by the rules that were given to you did you yep. win without cheating you know cheating but they played by the rules that were given to them yes they did but did they earn it you know in the sense that it was you know a level playing field and that they they actually you know competed at the same way that other people did no it's that's really and maybe that's where A lot of this comes from where the you know these these uh you know very rich very powerful people feel like they're the ones that know you know they know the right decisions to make it's it's because of that that same effect where they think like i've worked all this much to to get up to here but a lot of it was an unlevel playing field and a lot of it was luck Mm -hmm. so maybe that's where it comes from
0: there's a mentality of i've done it before i'll do it again
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i think I think it just comes down to hubris like you said before. Uh, This is all a very circuitous and socially commentating sort of way to say that I think that Apple's approach, which is a much broader uh, way of looking at things, I think we could all agree that Apple is one of the least impulsive tech companies. Everything seems like it was sort of drawn up by a committee over an apple land and sometimes that's bad sometimes that's good in this case i think it's good because when you look at the rumors for this vr mixed reality headset they're immediately addressing some of the concerns that i would have number one the metaverse really going into this weird cringe virtual world when we have hardware that can't really make it very immersive that's not going to that's not going to cut it and apple i guarantee didn't even give that a thought they immediately went okay lidar embedding your surroundings with this this virtual augmentation that is something that people will do now the headset As I mentioned, the iPod, I don't believe is going to be this huge mass market thing. I don't think it's going to be one of those, you know, everyone has AirPods now, everyone's going to have the Apple headset in five years' time. No. I think the headset is a stepping stone. It's a way to develop and iterate this technology and shrink it to the point where it can be fit in the ultimate goal a device that you wear that displays information that you
1: can hopefully interact with in the world. That's the goal. Yeah, I could definitely see VR. VR is like a logical... First of all, some of the stuff that they've been doing are logical stepping stones, like spatial audio, like putting LiDAR yep. on everything. And, and yep. LiDAR has some uses on the devices you know, that it's on, but it's not the most useful thing. Uh, but but you know this would be another thing if they're collecting data and they're and they're trying you know different things and and whatever so so that's part of it so all these things are stepping stones and then VR is a good stepping stone because you can really focus on getting everything working because it's one thing to get everything working and then another thing to actually integrate it fully into someone's life and you know fully integrate it into their field of view you know transparent lenses some sort of projection system I guess or, you know, something like that, you know, to to fully integrate it, get everything working. VR is, you know, takes away some of those... uh, It introduces some of its own challenges, but it takes away some of those challenges. And so it does make sense as a stepping stone. And, you know, like we've seen them, you know, do some things to get up to this point. I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. And it could definitely be the thing, you know, where the VR headset isn't the big one and it may not Mm -hmm. stick around, you know, for... You know a very long time but yeah it might be a stepping stone to the to the mixed reality
0: and I think if we go back to the iPod analogy that stepping stone in and it of itself can still be very valuable um, I mean most of us don't really we wouldn't buy an iPod now but when the iPod was in its peak from 2001 to 2012 there was a reason why it was popular it's that compared to other MP3 players, it was simply the best full stop. And when you look at this mixed reality headset, it's it's smaller. It's hopefully lighter and more comfortable. Remains to be seen. It looks like it's aluminum. I'm worried that it might be an AirPods Max situation where it's not long-term mm-hmm. usable. But the displays for these things, oh... Micro OLED... 3000 PPI... That's what I'm talking about... Nothing ruins VR... As much as having... A visibly pixelated display... An inch away from your retinas... That is... uh, I hate that... It makes my eyes water and strain... And it makes me want to take it off... Yeah... I agree... And so having that contrast ratio... So it's not just like all of this blue light streaming into your eyeballs, having the pixel density and the like, I mean, imagine, imagine using a crappy 1080p display up close on full brightness all the time. You'd be like, ah, and then switch that out for like a mini LED. Ooh, yeah, that's more like it. These, I mean, it's going to be expensive. I think this is going to be five grand. Out the door. Yeah. But as VR or hopefully AR applications go, I think it will be the best. I hope it'll be usable for gaming, to be honest. But I doubt it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be... I'm very curious to see what apple will do with this because i think this is a very important it's very important when apple launches this this is you know the first time that they're going into this and this is the first time you know obviously like meta Meta's is a big company don't get me wrong but like the and i guess what they bought oculus so the oculus quest is a meta quest and whatever but like that's yeah. just always kind of been like you know it's always been a gaming Uh, focus thing or like a gaming accessory kind of thing and there are you know applications for enterprise or for like virtual trainings for the medical field or or like uh like um uh like technicians and repair people and and all that stuff there are applications but it's mostly it's not really it's not wasn't really ever pitched as like a mass market thing whereas when apple Mm -hmm. is launching something they're trying to make it relatively mass market even something like the mac pro is not super mass market but it's like y- you know there's more not... mass market than other workstations yes exactly exactly so when apple launches this thing it's a new product category that they're launching they 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 have to really explain it and really sell it uh you know in in the right way because if they if they launch it in the wrong way or they or they sell it in the wrong way it'll confuse customers it'll probably turn them off You can look at, like, the Apple Watch. I think that was the last, like, the most recent major category. Maybe AirPods could be one. But, like, even the Apple Watch, smartwatches existed before. And Apple did change their strategy a bit. They got rid of the addition. They focused more on the fitness rather than... Uh, on the, like, notifications is still there, but they focus a lot more on the fitness stuff now, especially with the Ultra. So they can change a little bit, but I feel like even from the beginning, Apple had this idea like the Apple Watch is going to be the most personal device. That was their big thing when they announced it, and that's still the case now. And they're focusing more on health and fitness than they were in the beginning, but it's still about that being the most personal device that's always on you. That was their th- message from the beginning. It's still their message now, and that's what they have to figure out for the VR headset. Exactly. That's going
0: to be the challenge. And I was just pulling up here on Twitter, Mark Gurman was talking about a 3D mixed reality world and a video service for the upcoming headset. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what that means. Because I would be very surprised if this 3D mixed reality world that Gurman is referring to is a metaverse type of thing. I would imagine it will, knowing Apple, be more lifestyle, organization, maybe fitness-oriented than, like, do a Zoom meeting
1: with cartoon characters. Yeah, I'm so curious to see what Apple would launch on a VR headset. I could definitely see it being a platform where third parties, you know, launch apps on it. But, like, for mixed reality... You can sort of look at, like, the Apple Watch and just say, like, some of that stuff, like, that you just look at your wrist and you get some information. Well, you know, put that information in front of your face. You know, navigation directions and notifications, whatever. I can imagine that more easily. But an Apple VR headset, I can't quite imagine, uh, you know, what what that would look like and, like, what first-party apps would be on that. Second Life... Yeah, got to bring it back. I mean, I like I could see you know third party metaverse kind of things. I'm trying to think like first party. Like, what is it like? Oh, you can watch your favorite Apple TV Plus shows in, uh, in in VR in a VR theater with spatial audio in the Steve Jobs Theater with spatial audio. I Honestly, they probably will do that. I think. I I I could see it like. I don't know. You can play your favorite Apple arcade games. You hold your iPhone like a controller, and you play your favorite Apple arcade bangers in in VR. I, I, I don't. I'm just like trying to think of what it would be. Like, seriously, yeah. what would it be?
0: I mean, this is this is the thing that I think Apple is arguably good at. Is they are capable of predicting a trend better than creating one. Uh, Whatever they have tried to create a trend. I mean, memojis. No, they they tried. It's a gimmick. It never became more than a gimmick. And they also don't, you know, they don't completely commit to one like Meta has. So if they do try something new, it's not permanent. But I would say, I would argue that the difference between Meta and Apple is that meta and someone commented this before meta is trying to force a trend apple is probably more along the lines of crafting one
1: you know what i mean yeah definitely yeah definitely i feel like meta i i don't know what they're they're doing but it, it almost seems like a sunk cost fallacy kind of thing that they're like no this is yeah. gonna work we're gonna keep putting money we've done into a billion it. dollars we gotta keep going exactly that's kind of what i feel like but like yeah like apple will try things they they won't you know commit more than they have like there is things like i don't know the touch bar and like the era of devices being super thin and now yeah you know, have kind of moved away from that there are things that like that happen and and apple tries them and, and 3d touch whatever whatever i could go on and on mm-hmm. but there are things that apple tries and they and they stick with it and then if it doesn't work out they'll move away from it. They're not going to say like, oh, we're sorry, like we shouldn't have done that. No, they'll never but do that. They'll never apologize <laughs> for that. But they'll move away. And they, not that they even have to, but they'll move away from it and, and they'll move on. And and so I, I definitely agree that that's the difference between Facebook, you know, between Meta and, and Apple. And it's good for Apple.
0: The difference between both of them and Twitter, however, is that they seem to be run by people that are at least blessed with the gift of relative sanity i would mm-hmm. say uh relative. we've we've avoided talking about it we haven't talked about it that much yet but as a frequent user of twitter i am both extremely amused and a little saddened to to watch this almost comical shit show and like look I am. I'm waiting. I've been watching all the prominent Elon boys. I've been waiting and watching for the Elon boys to come to reality, and I'm I'm legitimately wondering what it's going to take, because
1: what in the holy, what, what is he doing, bro? Dude, I genuinely. First of all, everything that happens on there is like I, I don't think insane. I could like. I can't even if I like sat down and tried to predict like think of the craziest yeah. things that could happen, I feel like whatever actually happens would be crazier than that. It's just Oh yeah, easily. Everything. It's like this is okay. I I did
0: not used to have strong feelings on Elon Musk. I mean, obviously he sort of positioned himself as like a real-life Tony Stark. People liked him. I never really was that into him, but it was just kind of like, okay, Relatively harmless billi- billionaire, if that's possible, who make good electric car, and also want do space thing and drill hole. Okay, cool. No, no issues with that. And then, uh, <laughs> the past year, Elon has—it's almost intentional. He's like, hey, my reputation. We'll just do that for fun, like, dude. The stuff. Okay, Elon is a talentless hack. He is only rich. You know how we talked about. You know how we talked about uh, luck, being mm-hmm. integral to a successful business. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk has only ever gotten where he is because of luck. He had the right connections when he left college to start a payment platform, or to not even start, but to join a payment platform that merged into another payment platform that, by the way, fired him before merging yet again into what would eventually become PayPal. But because he was already involved, he got his big tasty paycheck used that hundred million dollars put six of that into tesla as an investor managed to sue his way into being retroactively considered a co-founder which what the hell is that so that wasn't even his idea didn't even really risk all that much to buy it got funding from the government which allowed him to actually make it like i'm sorry bro that is not it's not it's not that he had no ability to get to that point right you obviously have to have some amount of savvy to make those judgments and predictions and get that funding but you cannot be sitting here and telling me that every single penny of that is like this, like, gigabrain strategy of, like, hard work. Come on. D- there's no, look, and there's, there's already people like, oh, 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 I sound jealous of Elon. Oh, what a cuck. I don't want $173 trillion billion. That's That's an absurd amount of money that nobody could possibly need in the entire world. I don't care. I don't want to be in that position. It's not jealousy at all. It's just reality. It's a guy, bro. Why why are there so many people that are so intent on defending a person who very clearly bought Twitter on a uh, it, it was very clearly a like redditor's armchair bet to be like, "Oh, let me do this as a meme." then they said okay do it and then he said oh haha uh-huh, never mind and then they said okay we're going to make you do it and now he's panicked he's out 44 billion dollars his value's tied to tesla's value so every time he screws up twitter he screws up tesla and that screws up him which screws up twitter and this he's in this feedback loop of like oh crap i'm no longer surviving off of luck vc backing and government paychecks and now i have to actually know what i'm doing in a field that i've not that i have no experience other than being a reddit meme lord with a bunch of cringe virgins that want to see my memes and that's his only skill set and he's sitting there with 44 billion dollars in the hole buying a business that he doesn't understand And the only thing he can think to do is wave his baby arms around and break things in the
1: hopes that he makes a dollar in return. I think that that just about that just about sums it up. You know, there's a lot of funny details along the way, but I think that that just about sums up the whole situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's sorry for that rant. But uh, yeah, that that's basically that's basically Elon Stop defending him. What? Why do you feel like you owe Elon anything? I don't understand this, like, I don't understand why people defend him. And, like, a, a lot of people are, you know, this same guy is like, oh, oh, you're clearly so triggered. Oh, Lib, you're so triggered, You, you cuck. It's, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I like using Twitter and I'm annoyed that he's ruining it, but beyond that, I don't care about what Elon does. If anything, I'm saying this out of the absurdity of the fact that people do care and think that he's doing stuff that's worth defending. No it's just a guy with too much money who doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I don't know the Elon the Elon <laughs> stands, the Elon fans are just uh, crazy. I love. I don't know. They have like the worst arguments. Like the whole thing about free speech. I, I don't. I don't oh, understand god. that. It's not. <clears throat> it's not like. Oh my god! It's not free speech. Is protection from the government. It's not protection from a you know from the from a, a you know a private company. And people, I hate to say this, people don't want. This free speech. If you go look at like you know Truth Social and and all those other you know social media companies like that, where just the worst of the worst stuff gets said, that's what happens when you have free speech. And most people don't want that. They want to have some level of moderation so that these terrible, terrible things don't show up in their feeds. People, most people want that, and that's not a bad thing. The thing that Elon Musk and his
0: crony band of redditors actually want is not free speech. What they want is the freedom to harass and offend. Mm. It's not if if it were really about free speech, then they should be applauding the people that are criticizing and making fun of them and telling them that they don't like what they're saying. That is freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is when someone says something that pisses you off, you say, I don't want to buy your product anymore because I don't support that. That, that is not suppressing freedom of speech. That is freedom of speech. And to be on the side of like, oh, I want to be able to say the N-word on Twitter and not get banned. That's not freedom of speech. That's freedom to harass, to annoy, and to make other people feel like crap that is there's
1: no reason for that to be you know the hill to die on yeah and you know the other thing is like there's a difference there's two there's a difference between freedom of speech and freedom from consequences of your speech like for example there was a thing today what was it senator ed markey right that was the guy that (laughs) I w- yeah. let's talk about this because this is the latest crazy thing that happened was um, that, that that the senator sent some questions to e- to Elon and basically said someone impersonated him someone impersonated the senator on Twitter I don't know exactly who you know what they said or anything but but they impersonated him and so he sent these legitimate questions uh to elon and said you know you should answer these questions this guy's on the chair of like the communications committee or whatever by the way he sent these questions and then what did elon say he said like maybe it's because maybe uh you know they were confused because your own account your real account seems like a parody of itself that was what he said and it's like wow dude what an epic dunk what an epic troll but then (laughs) yeah god i hope something comes out of it and you know if something comes out of it it's going to be whining about free speech this free speech that like guess what dude you said it but you're not free from the consequences absolutely you can say whatever you want if you go up to someone
0: and you you know hurl insults and slurs at them and they beat you up what are you going to do be like oh they're silencing my free speech no also uh I have to brush up on the First Amendment, but I'm pretty sure the First Amendment does not give you a blank check to just do whatever you want in all situations. As as this comment points out, it's illegal to scream fire in a crowded room. You can't incite violence. You can get arrested for disorderly conduct. You can get arrested for storming the Capitol. You know, there are consequences. Like the... I, I, yeah, I, I just think it's so stupid And you know, this this Like, oh, free speech oh It's all about the cancel culture Bro, cancel culture is Free speech That's the thing that these guys don't Understand, if you're going to complain That people don't Want you to be an asshole Then What you're doing is trying to suppress free speech Because you're trying to tell them Stop, you have to let me say what I want they're perfectly within their rights to say I don't like that, I'm not going to support you. What, what's the alternative? You're going to be like, "Oh, you you have to support this Hollywood actor who was accused of sexual misconduct. You you, you we're going to force you to see his movies." What? That's what? What are you talking about?
1: That's idiotic. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just I don't know. What they they say that they want freedom of speech, but they want freedom to, they want they want their speech to be free and other people's speech to not be free and they want to be mm-hmm. free from the consequences of their speech. And that's just not... Yeah. that's not you, you can't run a platform like that. And in the meantime, you charge
0: $8 and hand out verification to anyone who wants it. Consequences be damned. And then you start just like going around banning people that abuse your patently terrible system, which... By the way, pretty antithetical to this whole, you know, Elon goes on there and he's like, comedy is now legal again. People start trolling him. They get banned. Interesting. And then all of a sudden, the best part was, Noah, when that started happening, I, I did a tweet. I was like, huh, I I could have sworn that comedy was legal now and hear these parody accounts making jokes, getting banned. And people were like, um, actually, if you look in the terms and services... It says that uh, parody accounts must be clearly labeled. And I'm like, oh, that's that's curious because you guys didn't really seem to care about the terms and services back a year and two ago when people were getting kicked off for spreading disinformation, hate speech, and inciting violence. All of a sudden then, the terms of services were oppressive. But now,
1: it's just it's, that's just the way it is. Curious. Yeah, and it's like, Hey man, it's Elon's platform now. If he wants to change the terms of service, then you know that's his prerogative. But he's you know he's not going to do that. I-, I don't know. It's just ugh, it's so it's just everything was so bad. And then like yeah, the Twitter like yeah they launched the Twitter blue check marks. They waited until after the election because they knew it was a bad idea. They knew impersonation was going to happen. Spoiler alert, shock it happened. And then they no. unlaunched it. And it's still unlaunched as of right now. Yeah. You can't get your your blue check mark, the great equalizer that Elon said. Yep. You can't you can't you can't get it now. And you know we'll see if they bring it back or when they bring it back in the future. It's it's a wild ride. And and again, you know, I feel terrible for the employees that got laid off. And I think even more got laid off today and yesterday and very recently. They're still laying people off. People are still finding out that they've been laid off. And and I feel ter- terrible for them. I feel terrible for Absolutely. the people who use Twitter, uh, who have like you know made livelihoods on Twitter. Uh, I feel bad for you. I know Twitter is not your primary platform, but you have a good audience there, and I know that it helps uh, you know your your reach with your videos and your and your insights and your general you know stuff that you do online. So I feel bad for all of that. But for me, just like random person um, that like just goes on Twitter occasionally when I'm bored, like. It's it's definitely it's definitely not boring in a, in a terrible way for you. Oh, Elon, certainly it's not. Definitely not boring. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'll I'll we'll close the podcast
0: out with this. Uh, I am equal parts sad that a platform that I use very frequently and have met a lot of my friends on. John, Sam, Jonathan Morrison from last week's episode met all of those people and many more on Twitter. It has given me a lot. I really enjoy the platform, so I'm equal parts sad about it, but I'm also equal parts like, yeah, get fucked, Elon. You reap what you sow, you dumbass, and you deserve every dollar that you lose.
1: Yep. He, and then he, some. he fucked around, and now he's finding out. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: And do you know what? what everyone here
0: is going to find out? What's that? That the episode is now over. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> so good. thank you guys for joining us. bit of a I, I don't know this is maybe a contra controversial video, but sometimes tech goes to some places and and we gotta go with it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. John Prosser showed up right at the very end to talk about how uh, he's he's sabotaging Twitter on purpose. I honestly, don't know that it is intentional it's it's kind of giving reckless baby vibes but i have been your host i'll tell you that for sure
1: luke miani and i've been your host noah rubin we are off for the next two weeks we might do something in that time but but we're not live for the next two weeks because i will be on the east coast but then we'll be back after that
0: we'll be right back after this two weeks Yes, I guess. Have a good night. Yes. Yes. Good night. Good night.